Okay, it is six o'clock on November 21st, 2023, and this is the evening session of the Vale Town Council. We have all town council members in attendance. And uh, we'll start out our agenda just, um, well, first of all, we want to wish the community a happy Thanksgiving week. Uh, we realize we did not do that this afternoon during our Matters for Mayor comments. So I uh, just want to say happy Thanksgiving to our community and just uh, how grateful we are for a great place to live. And uh, thank you so much to everybody who makes it a great community. So we'll start out with citizen participation, and that is uh, offering an opportunity for citizens to express opinions or ask questions regarding town services, policies, or other matters of community concern. And any items that are not on the agenda, please attempt to keep comments to three minutes. Time limits established are to provide efficiency in the conduct of the meeting and to allow equal opportunity for everyone wishing to speak. Okay, come on up. Mayor, council members, my name's Matt Solomon. I live in Eagle, and it's really nice to be on this side of the dais. <laughs> um, I'm here to throw a monkey wrench in your budget process because we are late to the game in our discussions, and I'd like to ask how to get on next year's cycle for what I'm about to ask for for tonight. But I'm here representing Castle Lodge, which is a nonprofit down in Eagle. I believe you got an email from me uh, earlier this week or last week. The days are blurring together. Um, our annual toy store traditionally has been supported by the towns of Eagle and Gypsum and locals at the west end of the valley. And what we found is as our valley is growing together and we, that Walcott divide is disappearing, so is our outreach. And the toy store that we've thrown for the last 22 years, we out, had outreach to over 750 kids last year. And every year it's getting bigger and bigger. And every year that burden falls on us heavier and heavier. We're a small nonprofit of 23 bodies that support a scholarship for local students. And this toy store are two big events. And then uh, we have a few members that used to work here at Vail PD. They collect leftover bicycles and we give those away to misfortunate families as well. But it's not just me raising the bar on you tonight. Uh, the town of Avon uh, placed a wager in front of you. <laughs> so it's not just East West, it's Up Valley Battles too. They said they would match anything that you contributed to the toy store for this year. I think their limit was two grand, but I, I would suggest what? You, put a you guys raise that on them. <laughs> um, so I'm here to ask for money. I'm here to ask for support. The toy store will be the week before Christmas, and I'm here to ask for volunteers as well. If you guys would like to participate, whether it's shopping to buy toys or setting them up or cleaning up, or even just greeting families and, and helping them grab toys out of the lodge, any and all support is welcome. And I'll, with that, turn the floor over to you guys. Thank you, Matt. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Where can people find more information about volunteering? Uh, you could email the lodge, secretary at castlelodge122.org. Um, you can get my phone number from Barry or Travis or anybody that knows me, and I can put you in touch, absolutely. Great. I'll volunteer on Tuesdays. <laughs> Excuse me, Council Member Davis, not oh, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Come on up. 
Hello again, it's Taylor Joseph Gardarian, and I just uh, wanted to say I hope you guys enjoyed the, this last cycle, and I uh, really wanted to present um, just at, really at the end if anyone ever had any questions. My entire approach is that uh, the control centers, which are the government, they actually give us an outlet to uh, utilize our passion, our dreams, um, in a, a real manner that actually can uh, be integrated into society with a very... Uh, a prestigious effect because we are, uh, or at least the community of Vail is a premier uh, resort community. And I believe things like, I wasn't able to present uh, last time, but the uh, hydrino energy uh, cycle, which is if you have a hydrogen atom catalytically reduced to a hydrino state and then expanded again to release high energy photons, it is a direct electric energy production. And this could be something that the town of Vale would uh, require, let's say, for the town of Vale, um, I mean, for the uh, Vale Resorts, uh, or even the town of Vale, um, if they have Vale Resorts connections. And, uh, and that could actually, you know, spill into other countries, actually be something that's really awesome for everyone, and also very lucrative, because it's uh, much less uh, to produce energy. Like that, we could have, um, you know, other things that, just could be awesome, but I really wanted to highlight the hydrino energy process. Um, that was the last thing that I really wanted to say. Um, so once again, that's Dr. Randall Mills with BrilliantLightPower.com. And uh, the sun cell, obviously I've sent this video, is uh, super awesome because it's so small. It can be put into cars. You can, you can power a house from your car if you drive it right in. And then also, uh, just because I have enough time, I wanted to make little push, which has probably been talked about before, which is the from Arrowhead to Eastvale Tunnel. And um, the one that was in Las Vegas <laughs> took uh, uh, one day to do a tenth of a mile, so it would be a hundred day process. And you might be able to add a thousand acres, which is about two billion, maybe three billion worth of uh, real estate. And um, that's where the interstate would be. So. Those are really cool ideas that I hope we get to see in my lifetime. And um, other things would be like, uh, just um, 30 seconds. skyscrapers, <laughs> you know, in the town of Vail, if that ever got approved, that would be awesome. It would basically be a skyscraper as tall uh, to house the entire, like, core of Vail would be in one skyscraper. That's just a literal skyscraper, so. Who knows? Anyway, um, thanks so much just for listening to me, and I really do hope that I get that tunnel and hydrino process, even even maybe an underground, upground skyscraper. So, thank you. Thanks, thanks Taylor. Taylor. Thanks, Taylor. Taylor. Good evening, Council. Uh, Tom Busich, Vale resident. Uh, I saw your agenda items, so I will be brief. Um, Blondie and I wanted to come tonight and uh, thank the outgoing council members. Um, Kim, Jen, <coughs> Kevin, thank you for uh, your service, your perseverance, for your humility, for your patience and your dedication. I think it's been eight years for Jen <laughs> and Kim. And, um, Kevin, wow, I think <laughs> 22 years of uh, remarkable. Um, you all are true uh, public servants. 
and we appreciate you. Also, uh, we also would like to thank the, the rest of the council and the entire council for um, the environment of civility and respect over the last two years. And I think a lot of that credit for uh, that is for Mayor Langmaid and your leadership. And we hope that the uh, congeniality that exists now spills over into the new council and we look forward to working with everyone. So best of luck to Kim, Jen, and Kevin. Thank you and uh, enjoy your well-deserved retirement. Mm -hmm. Thank Thanks, you. Tom. Thank you. <clears throat> I get that familiar flutter in my stomach just seeing you guys behind <laughs> the, the dais. But um, Carl and I came to here tonight to the meeting to thank you all very much uh, for all the hard work. I know what it takes to do what you do sitting behind there. Um, interestingly enough, as we were driving down the road, Joni Mitchell came on the radio and she was singing, uh, you pave paradise and put up a parking lot. You don't know what you lost till it's gone. And uh, just the gratefulness that we have to all of you and the hard work that you did and the collaboration and the hard decisions and struggles you've been through over the last years to try to keep this place the beautiful um, community and beautiful mountain paradise that it is forever. So um, thank you all together for the efforts that have got us here. And for those of you who are leaving, you know, it's, your service will always be remembered and you made a huge difference for our town. And for those of you who are staying, we just really appreciate the continuance of the, of the effort and the time that you put into this job, the consideration, the open-minded thinking that you, uh, you, you know, carry out through all your whole lives. So I appreciate it, and we'll let you get on with your work. Thank you very much. Thanks, Kate. Thank Thanks, Thanks, Kate. Kate. Wow. <laughs> awesome, Kim. Really. Um, first of all, I want to thank the community for the support that hey, I was showing. Tell us during. who you are, please. Oh, I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be Foley that would call that one out? Uh, my name is Dave Chapin. I reside in Intermountain Westville. Um, I want to, first of all, commend all the people that turned out to, as candidates for the most recent uh, town council election. Congratulations to Reed, Jonathan, and Samantha. I think we've got a great group going forward. I greatly appreciate the support from the community. Thank you to all. Um, Kim, Jen, Kevin, your conviction, when it could have easily been a lot different and it would have been easy for you to sway is to be commended incredible incredible stuff you guys you stood for what you believed in it's to be commended I know it wasn't easy and uh, I have nothing but the utmost respect for all of you Kim your words today as I told you were truly inspirational um, they were just heartfelt and extremely well said and I think that wraps up your tenure in, in such a positive way. That was, that was beautiful. I encourage everybody to listen to matters from mayor and council today if you haven't had the chance. Um, <clears throat> I want to also thank George Ruther. George took a lot of bullets during his time here at the town of Vail. He persevered. I don't know if George is in the room anywhere, but uh, we're going to miss you, George. Uh, Vail's in a pretty good place with some of the stuff that you accomplished. Well, now onto the first world problems that we have in Vail that came up today at our meeting, the speed bumps. Um, a couple things, you know, safety 
is always the priority at the town of L. I don't care where it comes from, where it starts, that's where it ends, it's safety. That's what we're all about. Sometimes adapting abrupt change like that needs to be recognized. Russ, to your credit, you recognize it today. The communication could have been better on the rollout with that. Um, that's up in the air, what works better. I know, I can't imagine the emails you're getting, people speeding between the bumps, people pulling around the bumps, but the community needs to understand this was done in the best interests of safety. Let's remember that. Um, communication going forward would have really made a difference. Whenever you have abrupt change like that, let's get the message out. So maybe a little bit of a lesson learned on that one, but um, anyways, I know I'm not gonna be up here for another four years, so. I still got 30 seconds, I'm taking it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Can you sing? <laughs> no, not very, very, you've heard me sing. You know it's awful. Uh, thanks again, you guys. What a great job you did for the town of Vail. Love you guys. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, thanks Dave. Dave. Thanks, Bone. Okay, anyone else? All right, we'll wrap it up then and move on uh, to our next item which is any action as a result of executive session and we have no actions and then third is a proclamation this is proclamation number 13 series of 2023 recognizing <coughs> colorado gives day so we'll read the proclamation and then we will uh, welcome <coughs> up uh, those of you who would like to tell us more about it Whereas charitable giving in Eagle County, Colorado is critical to providing support that local nonprofit organizations need to make our community a desirable place to live. And whereas research shows an increase in online giving, both locally and nationally, and many believe it is the future of philanthropy. And whereas Colorado Gives Foundation and First Bank have partnered in an effort to increase charitable giving in our community through the online giving initiative, Colorado Gives Day. Whereas Colorado Gives Day in 2022 raised 53 million statewide in a single 24 hour period via online donations and over 1.5 million to Eagle County nonprofits via 4,000 individual donations at eaglecountycoloradogives.org, a website allowing donors to direct their contributions to one or more of the over 50 local Eagle County charities featured on the site, making it an ideal resource for facilitating charitable giving to our locally based nonprofit organizations. Organizations. Whereas Colorado Gives Day is Tuesday, December 5th this year, and all citizens are encouraged to participate because all donations, large or small, can make a difference to nonprofits in need. And whereas Eagle County Gives is supported by the generosity of First Bank, Climax Malignum, Comcast, Four Eagle Foundation, Vale Daily, Vale Valley Cares, AB uh, Bank. Uh, Chateau at Beaver Creek, Manor Vale Lodge, Mountain Collective Physical Therapy, Ski Butlers, Vale Valley Partnership, TV8, High Five Access Media, Radio Free Mentoring, Always Mountain Time, and KNS Broadcasting. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Mayor and Town Council of Vail, Colorado, that Tuesday, December 5th, 2023, will be known as Colorado Gives Day in our community, dated this 21st day of November 2023. Okay, well, Colorado Gifts Day, come on up. Hello, everybody. I'm Jen Brown with Vail Veterans Program, joined by our fellow nonprofits here. We've got Christine and we've got John as well. And thank you for the proclamation. 
Founded in 2010, Eagle County Gives is a coalition of over 50 Vail Valley nonprofits dedicated to strengthening the collaboration, fundraising capacity, and awareness of the nonprofit sector that enhances the quality of life in Eagle County in collaboration with Colorado Gives Day, the statewide initiative. This year, as mentioned, the Colorado Gives Foundation First Banker presenting Colorado Gives Day on Tuesday, December 5th, 2023. Together, we strive to increase the awareness of our collective impact and have banded together to increase total local co donations on Colorado Gives Day in year-round. Support for Eagle County Gives provides these 50 local organizations the means, means to provide basic human needs, protect the mountains we all explore, and develop and protect the next generation. Thank you for that. Good evening. I wanted to personally invite, well, on behalf of the executive committee for Eagle County Gives, I wanted to personally invite everyone on the council as well as in the room <laughs> to our kickoff rally, which is next Tuesday at Four Eagle Ranch. It's from five to seven. Dinner is included and it's open to the community. It's a celebration of all of the nonprofits here in the valley. I do have a couple flyers. If you have public places around the building, you can hang those up. We would appreciate that. Um, we are asking everyone to RSVP, and you can do that through our website, eaglecountycoloradogives.org. Right on the top, there's the RSVP button. So we would love to see as many of your faces there as, you, as we can to know that you're all supporting all of the good work that all of us nonprofits do here in the Valley. And then I have some stickers, too. So I came with swag. <laughs> Uh, thank you. I'm John with Small Champions. If you guys wouldn't mind, can we take a photo? Sure. Great. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll come. Thank you. Oh, thanks. agenda we are on to the consent agenda motion to approve the October 3rd 2023 town council meeting minutes as written second okay we've got a motion and a second all in favor aye. aye I'm also in favor any opposed motion passes 7-0 motion to approve the October 17th 2023 town council meeting minutes as written second okay we've got a motion and a second all in favor aye, aye. I'm also in favor. Any opposed? Motion passes 
Madam Mayor, I move we uh, approve resolution number 46, series of 2023, a resolution approving the highway maintenance agreement between the Town of Vale and the Colorado Department of Transportation, CDOT. Um, that um, this agreement is not to exceed $155,000 for the coming year. Second. Okay, we've got a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. 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 I'm also in favor. Any opposed? Motion passes 7-0. Madam Mayor, I move we approve resolution number 47, series of 2023, a resolution approving an intergovernmental agreement between the Town of Vale and Eagle County for animal control services. Second. We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. 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 I'm also in favor. Any opposed? Aye. Motion passes 6-1. Why should, yeah, why should Eagle, we're Eagle County residents, why do we have to pay extra? That's all I want to know. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to the town manager report. Madam Mayor, only thing I would add is that we do have a drilling rig in town that will be seen at Fort Park. We are not drilling for oil. We are actually doing some exploratory work on a geothermal system. So if the community sees it up. Just wanted to share why. And they'll be doing some test borings around the field, not in and that's innovation. That's cool because we're trying to figure out how we can get the heated streets off of the natural gas and onto renewable energy into the future. All right. Anything else? Nothing else. Nope. Okay. So we are on to our first action item, which is resolution number 45, series of 2023. It's a resolution of the town council approving the update to the Vale land use plan associated with the rezoning of lot G Vale village filing number two. And we've got uh, Greg Roy, our planning manager here to tell us more about it. And we have Jonathan Spence online who will be giving the presentation on this item. Okay, great. Thank you. Jonathan, you should be able to unmute your mic. Good evening, Madam Mayor and members of the Town Council. This item tonight is to amend the Vail Land Use Plan, which is a component of the comprehensive plan. The current designation of the, the first bank parcel is medium density residential. This designation is incompatible with the long standing commercial use of the property. When staff learned of this, we looked at other possible land use classifications that could be given to the first bank property. And the one that is most appropriate is transitional. Another property that's also transitional is the Nine Vale Road property, as well as the Mayor's Park property. The transitional nature is for properties in between the village and the civic area plan. So the uh, Planning Environmental Commission by a unanimous vote has recommended this change and staff is fully in support of changing the designation for the first bank property on the land use plan from medium density to transitional. The town is the applicant on this application. 
Okay, council members, do you have any questions for Jonathan? And, and this is specifically brought up because they're wanting to redevelop. I mean, it's operated as a bank in a medium density yes, capacity for 50 years? You're correct. Since 1972, was, that's when the, the building was constructed, finished in 1973. This, this not only brings the current uses uh, compatible, but also uh, lays the groundwork for possible redevelopment of the property. And not to jump ahead, but Jonathan, would, is it safe to surmise that them going for CC1 zoning, um, that lines up with the fact that they do always want this product to be a bank, that they're going to redevelop to be a bank and operate in Vail, because if it was a opportunity to redevelop to something more lucrative, they'd have that, it wouldn't be CC1, right? CC1 does have quite a bit of uh, restrictions, particularly on height. Um, but we are that that discussion would probably be most appropriate during the rezoning application coming up later on tonight's agenda. And changing the land use plan doesn't change zoning, obviously. It's a two step process. So this is just acknowledging that we're moving from uh, it's, it's a transition. <laughs> Yeah, clearly. I mean, that's and that's, zoning needs to be consistent zoning. with the land use plan, and it's right. one of the criteria for a zoning change. Okay, Mayor Lang made I move we approve resolution number forty-five, series of twenty twenty-three, a resolution for a land use, a Vale land use plan map amendment pursuant to section eight three amendment process, Vale land use plan to change the designation of seventeen Vale Road, Vale Village filing number two, lot G, aka. BS condominiums from medium density residential to transition area and setting forth details in regard thereto. Second. I just have, I know, for the public, but this is a funny terminology, transition area. Like what else, I know that they're, you're like Mayor's Park has it. Just what other designations besides Mayor's Park and the bank will have the, it's a fun, it's an interesting, yeah. It's a, so what other locations? I think it's like four or six, right? Jonathan? I don't know. It's also the designation of some of the properties along the north side of West Meadow um, in between the hospital and the Four Seasons. Okay. So Skull House, for, for example. Yep. So that area is sort of on the uh, west side of what we currently call the, the village core and in between that and the civic area is considered uh, transitional. The, the properties that are, um, are the, the south side of the road is medium density because of its uh, mostly single family and duplex homes. The north side is the transitional, and it's more of the multifamily type properties. Thank you. Um, we do have a motion a second, but if there are people here to give some, some public comment, um, we welcome you to do that before we take a final vote. If there's anybody in the room that came for that purpose, I don't know. No. 
Okay. If there's no comment, uh, we do have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. 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 I'm also in favor. Any opposed? Motion passes 7-0. All right, moving on to our next action item. This is ordinance number 27, series of 2023. It's the first reading of an ordinance providing for the levy assessment and collection of town ad valorem property taxes due for the 2023 tax year and payable in the 2024 fiscal year. And we have Carly Smith, our finance director here. Good evening. So tonight's ordinance authorizes the town to collect property taxes in 2024 based on 2023 assessed values. The town's base mill levy is 4.69 mills. However, this ordinance is proposed to increase the mills to 4.957, and that's to offset the impacts of Senate Bill 238. This bill um, decreased the assessment rate for commercial properties from 27.9 from 29% to 27.9% and it decreased the assessment rate for residential properties from 7.15% to 6.8%. For a homeowner with a property value of a million dollars, that equates to approximately $19 annually. Um, since this packet was published, uh, the governor did hold a special session about property taxes um, since the bill they put forward on the ballot did not pass. Um, during that session, the residential rate was decreased slightly more to 6.7% and they also exempted $55,000 of the property value on that assessment rate. So during the second reading, we will have some updates on um, the impacts of that. Thank you. Any questions for Carly? We skipped. No? Okay. Any public comment? No? Okay. Madam Mayor, I move we approve ordinance number 27, series of 2023, an ordinance providing for the mill levy assessment and collection of town ad valorem property taxes due for the 2023 tax year and payable in the 2024 fiscal year. Second. second. Okay, we've got a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Thanks. I'm also in favor. Any opposed? Motion passes 7-0. Thanks, Carly. Thank you. All right, we are on to our uh, first public hearing on the agenda. This is ordinance number 26, series of 2023. It's the first reading of an ordinance rezoning lot G, Vale Village filing number two from public accommodation to commercial core. And we have Jonathan Spence again, a planning consultant, and Greg Roy is here in the room. Yes, thank you very much. The first bank building, which consists of the bank and four residential units, after its completion in 1973, almost immediately became non-conforming with the placement of the public accommodation zone district upon it. This has not really affected the uh, use of the property over almost 50 years. However, as for possible redevelopment, the current zoning designation of public accommodations will not allow the replacement of the existing uses in a more modern, modern form. When looking at available potential uh, appropriate zoning, CC1 was chosen because this property is located within the urban design guide plan area 
We also looked at the heights allowable within the CC1, and it seemed to be the most appropriate zoning designation that will allow the existing uses a bank and residential uses upstairs on this particular property. So it's not to be duplicative. I believe that the uh, First Bank people have a presentation for you this evening. However, staff is available for any questions you may have. Okay, any questions for Jonathan before we go into the uh, presentation? Nope, okay, then we'll proceed with the presentation. Good evening, everybody. I'm Jim Telling with East West Partners. Um, before we start with the presentation, I thought I'd give you a little background as to why we are here um, debating this whole topic. Um, we, um, we've been working with First Bank for um, a while now on potentially redeveloping the bank and the four residential units into a bank and four residential units. Um, the bank, as, um, as redesigned, will be smaller in size than the existing bank, and the residential units would be larger in size than the existing um, residential units. Um, so we, um, we went back and did a concept study. That's what you're going to see. Well, we did a concept study to determine feasibility of whether this would be a viable venture for both parties and we determined that it would. Um, and then we came in and met with um, town staff to start discussing the whole process, and that's when it became evident that the existing district, zone district that is in place, public accommodations, does not allow for a redevelopment of the bank, because you cannot um, demolish more than 49% of the existing structure. And so um, from meeting with um, Matt and Greg and Jonathan, it was de determined that the CC1 zone district would be the most appropriate use. There's no perfect fit for this type of use under the town code, um, but this was um, determined to be the best one uh, to approach, approach it from. Um, we did some preliminary meetings with some of our, our neighbors who are you going to hear you're going to hear from them tonight um, the Sun and Elk Villa Cortina and the Religious Foundation and then what you're going to see tonight is actually a study that we did after those meetings to make sure we could comply with the height that's allowed for under the CC1 um, zone district and um, I think we can um, work our way in, into the presentation now, if we could, and uh, I'll kind of talk you through. This was a presentation we did for staff to get their buy-in on how height would be calculated, et cetera. So if we could go to the next page, please. There's a, there should be a clicker up there, too, for you. This one? Yep. Perfect. Okay, I'll go to the next page then. Mm -hmm. Um, there it goes. Little delay. There we go. Um, <clears throat> this is just for context. It shows you some of the buildings that are in the neighborhood. I think everybody knows where where First Bank um, is located. 
and then you can see the relationship of the Sun and Alp, Villa Quarantina, and the chapel. Uh, these are just some existing pictures we took for um, purposes of showing the building, which is um, 50 years old at this point in time. This is a summary um, that is taken out of the town code for what is um, what are the requirements for the CC1 zone district. The biggest one being that we're studying here is the height. 60% um, of the building cannot exceed 33 feet, and I'll go into that in a little more detail in a second, and 40% cannot exceed um, 43 feet. So this is a, um, a layout we did based on a meeting with the Villa Cortina where we show the existing building's footprint and the new proposed concept. Now again, please understand that this concept has had all about two weeks worth of study. Um, we've um, paused the design. We will come back in, um, obviously, as if it, this zoning change gets approved and go through the appropriate, appropriate planning and design review process with the town. Um, but this, I think, was helpful to be able to show um, Villa Cortina how we would, the, the shape of the building could comply with the zone district. And then from discussing with staff, this is actually uh, out of um, um, the town's documents as well because the town encourages steeper roofs the height could go up um, so for instance this was based on a 3 and 12 roof if we went to a 6 and 12 roof to get that steeper roof the height could go up and what you're going to see in our presentation today that um, a 6 and 12 roof would lead to a 37 foot roof height for the 33% or the 33 feet um, limitation for 60% of the building. So the set point um, you can see for a 3 and 12 pitch is 33 feet. If we pitch the roof up, which is encouraged um, by the uh, town in this appropriate area, it would result in a height of 37 feet. The height of the existing bank building, as we've determined it as best from Google Earth, the best we can determine, is 36 to 37 feet. Then I just wanted to give you kind of a layout of what's being proposed. This is the, um, the first level of the building. There would obviously be a bank that's shaded in pink. It's about 5,300 square feet. We'd like to do an employee housing unit on the site if we can. Um, and this particular footprint yields a housing unit of 16 to 1700 feet. Um, there are going to be some discussions tonight about the road that is going to be brought up by some of the neighbors. I'll go into that right now. Um, Right now, we had originally proposed a one-way road around the bank to allow for surface parking for the bank's needs, and it would exit through the chapel. We've heard with um, meetings with the Religious Foundation that they're very concerned about that, so that's something we would have to go back in and study during the process 
if this zoning change is approved. Because again, if it's not approved, all this is a moot point. So um, you're gonna hear about that from the Religious Foundation, um, some of the other concerns um, that Villa Cortina has brought out. There's some mature trees that are out there that we would study on how we could potentially save some of those. Um, and then obviously they have some questions about the height as well. Then underground would be all the employee parking for the bank, and then the parking for the four condominium units above, and the two parking spaces for the EHU that we would propose to do in the building. And there's also two guest parking places for the condominiums under here too. And then this would be the second level of the building. So there'd be the four condominiums and the upper level of the building. These condominiums are gonna range in size. Guesstimate is 3,000 to 3,600 square feet um, after we get through our um, design process. Then that's a, um, just a very conceptual plan of the roof. Not very interesting. This is a- Let me interrupt really quick. I, I know that you're doing some of this presentation because the neighbors are here and someone floated a conceptual plan out there, but I want to remind the council this is a zoning hearing. Um, obviously, if it's rezoned, the existing non-conforming uses, as staff said, will be conforming. I, I don't want the council commenting on roads and, and units and EHUs, obviously. This will be a separate quasi-judicial application going to the Planning Commission first, I would imagine. So I'd like to keep it to the zoning. I appreciate you trying to give an idea and uh, maybe right. respond in advance to some of the public comment, but we really got to keep it to zoning at this point because that's all that the application is. Well, then we can really end it there because the rest of the presentation was for staff to basically review. We did review this presentation with our neighbors as well, so they have seen this presentation as well. Um, and it's obviously, Jonathan has a copy of it and he can share it with council if that's desirable. So with that in mind, um, I will open it up to any questions. Yeah, Jonathan, I just think it would be valuable just given uh, our town attorney's comments, just to remind council and the community the criteria and findings for a rezoning. I believe I see it on the bottom of page three. That would be the, helpful. Thank you, Jonathan. Would you like me to read those or? Again, if you could just remind us of the criteria and, and I see a series of findings starting on the bottom of page three. Sure. The required findings are that the proposed amendment is consistent with the applicable elements of the adopted goals, objectives, policies outlined in the Veld Comprehensive Plan, that the amendment furthers the general and specific purposes of the zoning regulations, and finally, that the amendment promotes the health, safety, morals, and general welfare of the town. This application did go before the Planning Environmental Commission, where I believe the vote was four to one in favor of the um, uh, proposed amendment to the zoning. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. Any questions for Jim? 
Council members? Just specifically related to zoning types of things. Um, well, I have a question. So in the PEC notes, they talk about one, um, one of the members of PEC mentioned that possibly it would be a better zoning if it was commercial core two, but I couldn't find any, um, reason why reason, you know, I couldn't find any reason why. And I also couldn't, the only thing I could see is that CC one commercial core one allows for 80% coverage and CC and CC two is a lesser amount. <clears throat> So what, what was the, and I know that, yeah. So I'm just curious if someone could explain to me the two differences. Jonathan? Like what are the differences in CC1 Could you explain that and also if there was something more on the record that that Planning Commission member shared? The, the CC2 zoning designation is for really a specific small subset of, of, of Vail Village. It's really just for, um, uh, I forget the exact name of the buildings, um, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank right now on that. But the um, the reason why CC one was 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 chosen was because of its um, the urban design guide plan's relationship to those properties, and the urban design guide plan area does extend over to the first bank site. So that was one of the driving forces for why CC1. CC1 also has, I believe, a less of a height than CC2. Um, perhaps my cohort, Greg, might have additional uh, answers to that. The CC2 is Texas townhomes, right? No, uh, CC2 is um, right in the middle of, of uh, I'll, let, I'll let Greg speak to this. Yep, so CC2 is the properties directly across from the Solaris. I can't remember yes. the name of those. It's right next to International Bridge. It's just those group of two or three buildings. Yeah, Vail International. Yeah. Village Center. I mean, not Vail Not an international, Village but. Um, Village Center, yeah. Maybe there's a clock tower. Um, so those are the only ones that are CC2. As, you know, as Jonathan noted, it has a higher height limit as well. So 45, 48 compared to the 33, 43 kind of limitation in there. Um, I believe the PEC talked about Commercial Service Center which is one property that has that zoning. And again, it wasn't just quite as well a fit when we're talking about the CC1 that re requires those urban design guidelines that have the village as a little more prescriptive in the design that comes forward with those buildings in that zone district. Thank you. Did that answer the question in terms of what is CC1 and what is CC2? Yeah, I just don't know which one is better. So CC1 is more restrictive? It's subject to the urban design guidelines, which is specific to the core. So it kind of talks a little bit more about the um, kind of what makes up the village core when we think about the balconies, the height, the looking for steeper pitches, you know, less transparencies, more like the old world nature that our core village area has. And we thought that was more of a benefit for this building being that adjacent to the entrance of the village, having some of those additional requirements in there and guidelines. All right, any other questions? Uh, one quick question. The on-street parking in front of the bank building now, is that owned by the bank? No, those are town spaces. 
towns okay so those those could you could use those for any use um, I see people use use those to go into the Sun and Alp and drop something off or something like that so those are town spaces okay if there's are there any other questions for Jim I don't have a question for Jim more one for Jonathan I guess oh, okay yeah sure uh, the PA zoning Yes, sir. The, that would the, that's currently the zoning. So the the bank really is non-conforming. If if we keep that PA zoning and they want to rebuild, we wind up without a, a commercial. I mean, what's what's permitted under the PA? Is there any allowance for the bank or, or any other commercial? Unfortunately, the bank and financial institution use is neither a permitted or conditional use in the public accommodation zone district. The public accommodation zone district is specifically designed for lodges and related type commercials. So like across the street at the Sonnenel, where you have a lodge use hotel basically with ancillary commercials such as uh, food and beverage, very small scale retail, uh, those types of uses. So unfortunately, um, if this property was to be redeveloped under the public accommodation zone district, the inclusion of a bank would not be possible. I just take that from the experience in Lionshead where it wasn't really necessary to keep a, a, an office, a bank in Lionshead. My office down there now, you know, the only bank is in, is in the first bank at least, is in the village. Um, so I think we, we're looking at addressing the zoning question and, and uh, allows us to keep, keep the bank with the change. Uh, if, we, if we don't move forward on that, then eventually you wind up with something that fits PA zoning. And I guess that'd be the question, is that where we want to wind up? Comments? Yeah, and I know I'll speak for Nick unless he wants to come up. Um, I know that First Bank wants to keep a bank in this location. This is one of their iconic locations in their banking system. So I know the bank's goal is to keep a bank in this location. And I think, Pete, just to, if going further than what you said, and not only in the redevelopment scenario potentially, but um, I think what staff said is it, it, it eliminates a current nonconformity, which is one of the goals of your whole scheme, you know, eliminate existing nonconformities when, when you have a chance. Yeah. At what point in the process do we address some of the public concerns that have been brought up, i.e.? You know, I, I, think, I think ultimately, you know, there's <coughs> going to be an application redevelopment filed if, if it gets zoned, I would imagine. Yeah. When and That's if, I don't know, but you would definitely have a say in that, and, and that will be a public hearing on its own, and there'll be separate criteria. And uh, I think normally the planning commission has the final say, but that, that, that theoretically be called up or appealed to the town council. And what so, is our involvement, if any, with the cross easements on the, on the driveway? I, I don't know about the easements, but that's all handled in a development review application, depending on what's being applied for. Um, but that's handled through staff, ultimately with the applicant and through the planning commission review process which again, ultimately, the code has you guys being the final say, so that's why you have to key, stay 
impartial at this point and not, not really involved in the details because they'll come to you theoretically in, in a more formal setting. I'm just curious, is there anybody in this room who knows why it was originally zoned public accommodation and what the rationale was by the council at the time? Again, to be clear, the bank was created and then the zoning uh, was applied, is my understanding. That's how it was. But if we were going yeah. to yeah, pass that zoning. It could have been created after the zoning. So it got applied, and I imagine it got applied and just crossed the street, um, crossed the street when they drew the map. I, you know, it got applied to obviously the properties that they want the sun and alp and um but yes it, it was there sorry very, very no but if we were just going to clean if we were just going to clean up the yes. inconformity this is the appropriate zone that's that's yes. the appropriate. To, to not even, even think if there's never a redevelopment application this is the appropriate we would zone. not have an existing nonconformity. so nobody knows why well I'm we did we did reach out to jim lamont and ask him why and he kind of scratched his head and said Hmm, we might have missed it on that one. So that was based on a, a meeting that we had with Jim um, a couple of months ago. And Jim Lamont at the time was the town planner. Yes. And then to your question, Jonathan, we, we, would, we intend to work with the neighbors ahead of time before we even submit any type of formal application to you folks for, um, for approval. And it would be our goal to try to solve as many of these concerns as we can ahead of time uh, privately with the neighbors. All right, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, oh, I guess public comment. Yeah, we, we're going to go next. If no, there's no other questions from council for Jim or Jonathan, then we'll, we'll move on to public comment. Okay, thank you very much. I'm Peggy Fuller with the Villa Cortina. I'm president of the HOA, and thank you for Can letting you me speak Can pull that mic a little closer? Thank you. Sorry. Um, 17 Vale Road has always been a great location for the bank, and we understand their desire to redevelop. But we worry that getting that CC1 rating, all they're going to be doing is coming back and asking for variances. The more lenient development standards that CC1 zoning allows would let them to cherry pick which variances suit them the best. We think it'd be beneficial for the town and for all of us if First Bank could be upfront exactly about what they're requesting for this development. The building design is presented doesn't seem to follow the land use plan and urban design guide plan that mentions the importance in the town for light, air, sun, and openness and not going out to all the property lines. With CC1 zoning, they're proposing a development that would not have any setbacks and would use 80% of the land, twice of what they're using now. We don't think they can achieve a no net loss of landscape with 80% coverage. Um, we obviously are worried about the trees because if they go all the way out with no setbacks, that'll be a death sentence for those trees. Um, as it's been presented up to now, we feel it's had a it will have a negative effect on the Villa Cortina. We would like to suggest that East West come back with a rezoning and a special development district plan so we can have some guarantees as to what the site development would look like and what development standards would be required. We'd also like to ask that story poles be constructed so that we could see the full site coverage and what the new roof line would look like. Um, one last issue with the rezoning is the island this creates for this particular parcel. CC zoning, CC1 zoning would currently only exist right now, it only exists in Vale Village. Approving CC1 in this location seems to be an example of spot zoning. 
If there could be reasonable setbacks, site coverage plan, ample room for significant trees and landscaping, and if they can plan a different traffic pattern, then we might be able to support a rezoning request. Thank you. Thank you. And just for the record, although a project was mentioned, just just make just to clarify, there is no project being proposed here. So, let me make that clear. Okay, there's no project being presented, but why are they doing this if they're not going to do that? Why change? Well, the assumption is they're going to do one, maybe. Um, but it's not a subject matter of this hearing. Okay, we would just like to have things looked at before CC1 zoning is approved. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Can I ask another question? Can I? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Jen. No. Um, okay. So I understand that the current zoning, as a as it exists today is in, is not correct. So no matter what, we need to change the zoning. But we've only been presented with one zoning option, and that's um, a CC1 zoning option. What would be other options that you could make this parcel of land go, like what are the other, what are other options is what I'm looking at. Like, so the applicant, you know, is I, I the one making yeah. the recommendation. A, a good question to also ask, that was just mentioned in the previous testimony was could you use an STD? Um, right. So the, I believe the applicant did discuss a variety of different ways mm -hmm. to achieve their goals um, and to also address the community's needs and issues. So, I, I, but a good question is why not an STD where you kind of look at things as a package? But that's yeah. wouldn't that be putting the cart in front of the horses? We yeah, so don't have a. SDDs can't vary uses, so an underlying uh, zone district that allows the use would need to be in place prior to an SDD, and that can vary standards, such as setbacks, height, um, anything such as that, but the underlying use would not be solved by an SDD application. Um, to your question as well, we process applications based on what the applicant comes in. There's probably multiple different ones we could look at. Um, however, this is one the applicant came in with and seems most suitable, and we found, and the Planning Commission did recommend approval of it. I was just curious what the other options were. I understand yeah. that we I mean, yeah, we, like Greg said, said it best, we can only process what the applicant applies for, and you have criteria specific to that. Um, yeah. Okay. Is there any additional public comment? <clears throat> I would like to comment. Thank you. Uh, my name is Matthew Wyatt. Uh, I am one of the clergy at the chapel. So any, th any redevelopment would definitely affect our parcel in this. So what, what I see, again, what Villa Cortina stated it is, is definitely correct. You know, some of the negatives to a cease, first, yeah, seems you're, we're in kind of a pickle here because, you know, First Bank, although a plan is not in front of us, but they, they clearly want to redevelop, which is great. Uh, however, the uh, public accommodations zoning does allow for remodeling. Uh, they would not be able to totally demolish the building, uh, but it can be remodeled. Uh, but the, the pickle is, too, they, how can they keep a bank? And we want them to keep a bank. <laughs> I, I think everybody would agree on that. But yes, to, to what you're saying, you know, what is the best rezoning use of this property? Some of the negatives. Uh, just that I found uh, with the CC1 is like what's mentioned. Everything CC1 is in the village. This would be a total.
total break uh, from the core area uh, with Vale Village, uh, and now this is a transitional zone, which was just passed. So everything looking at Vale Road to West Meadow, everything south, there's nothing in that area that is commercial core. It is all in Vale Village. It is all in uh, Lion's Head. Uh, the other negatives, again, uh, this, uh, this uh, would allow for 80% uh, coverage of the space, which is uh, a drastic change into what is existing and uh, does not allow for any setbacks, which, again, being with the chapel is a concern of ours. Uh, and I, there just has to be a better way to figure out a proper zoning to allow a bank. Maybe that's going to change uh, looking at the public accommodation zoning, uh, but uh, the site coverage uh, and the the site coverage, the setbacks, and uh, the landscaping. I mean, the t I don't think the town would have as much say as to what goes on in that property if it is changed to a CC1 uh, as they think. So, uh, the, and the other, the other concern I have too is First Bank being an owner of this property. Uh, if they sell it, I mean, that decision is made in Denver. It's not made here in Vail. So that, that's another concern of mine. If it's changed, what could it become in the future? Who, who knows? Uh, they want to keep a bank. We want to keep a bank. But down the road, it may not be one anyway. So that was all. Thanks. Thank you, Matthew. OK, anyone else? No. Okay. Um, so any comments from council members? Final questions before we entertain a motion? I, I'm trying to understand this idea of uh, this being spot zoning, and I'm just trying to think of, and I can't think of another, is there an another zoning that would be more fluent to move from PA towards, because it's surrounded by. Well, that's what I was trying to ask. I'm not understanding anything we could, could, could zone this piece of property that would not seem, you couldn't make the same argument for. Am I incorrect? You are correct. Thank you. You're saying no matter what, Whatever we do, it's going to be an it's island. Be an island. Yeah, it's an island. And just so you know, like spot zoning is a is a legal term, and that yeah. it's one of the criteria. One of the criteria that the planning commission had defined when they it's when they spot. yeah yeah and yeah, and I'm happy to talk about that with you in private, obviously. But but that, that was found by the planning commission. That it was Anything not else? spot zoning. Yes. Anything else to add in terms of the planning commission's deliberation in terms of how this was consistent or not consistent? Right. adjacent to the village yeah so so spot zoning while it sounds like you imagine like a spot like we being isolated by something else it's actually more of a technical term when it's um, non non-compliant with the comprehensive plan of the, of the town so the that was one of the things that's reviewed one of the criteria you're looking at is how does it meet the town goals adopt plans master plans of the town and the purposes of the zoning ordinance um, so the PEC did find that it was not spot zoning um, when we're looking at um, 
different areas. What was your question, Russ? I apologize. Again, just any any light you would want to shed in terms of the deliberations on oh. why this zone district is consistent uh, yep. and makes sense with so, the rest of the village? Right, so we're looking at CC1, which is commercial core one, predominantly inside the village. And as we think about this as kind of a transition area as well as more talk about the land use, the connection between Lion's Head and the Vale Village. That's really what that transition area is, trying to get people from one to the other. And so this is really the entrance as I was saw uh, as the entrance to the commercial core or to the Vale Villages itself. And so if we're gonna have that kind of entrance, this should be more of a node rather than, you know, just it's a one, one connecting piece. So kind of trying to start that entrance to the village with this, um, with this own district. Um, Greg, Matthew mentioned that he discovered that they could remodel to a certain extent without kicking in to the issue of not being zoned adequately to what extent would they be able to do that remodel you can remodel inside you can't increase a non-conforming use you can't increase the square footage of it so they wouldn't be able to expand at all it should be pointed out that the residential uses are also non-conforming in the pa zone district the permitted use is lodge which is hotel and then once you have the hotel use you're allowed to have a certain percentage of DUs or dwelling units. So the dwelling units by themselves without the hotel use on this site are also non-conforming. Mayor Langmaid, I'd like to make a motion that town council approve on first reading ordinance number 26, series of 2023, an ordinance for a zone district boundary amendment pursuant to section 12-3-7 amendment, Vail Town Code, to allow for the rezoning of 17 Vail Road, Vail Village filing number two, lot G, aka BS condominiums, from the public accommodation, a public accommodation PA district to the commercial core one, CC1 district. And would that be based on the findings and criteria of the staff <laughs> memorandum of today's date? That would be based on the three findings from the memorandum. Uh, and I'm gonna second that, and then, I mean, make a couple comments. Is that okay? I mean, I, I understand people's concerns. I, you know, I think that we're strictly dealing with the question at hand, and that is cleaning up zoning uh, for an existing use. And it sounds like there'll be potentially more conversations depending on how this vote goes. Okay, we have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. I'm also in favor. Any opposed? Aye. Aye. So we've got three opposed. Did we get that? Four. That was four. It failed four, three. Four, three. Yeah, Pete, were you in favor? I was in favor. You were in favor? Yeah. Barry made the motion. I made the motion. Yes, I was in favor. Four, four of you. Three, so four. Okay, motion passes four, three. Yeah. yeah. Close one. Yeah, uh, it's a tough one, but I think, you know, the future conversations is really where the, uh, yeah. the detail lies. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you, everyone. Thank you, everybody. All right, well, we will be moving on to uh, our next item. This is Ordinance Number 22, Series of 2023. This is um, second reading an ordinance to designate the zoning of the proposed addition to Lot 1. Timber Ridge sub subdivision from undesignated to housing district. And Greg Roy is here to uh, yes, tell us about it. 
Thank you very much. So the only change since first reading is the effective date. We want to make sure we move that back from January 1st to March 1st, make sure the lot is sold and recorded prior to the zoning taking place. Um, no other changes have taken place. Great, thank you. Thank you. Um, any questions for Greg? Nope. <laughs> this is actually a nice milestone, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. For housing. More housing. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Is there any public comment? Oh, come on, Dave. Rah, 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 more housing. Okay. <laughs> Dave's just getting ready for the next meeting. <laughs> no hats. No come hats on. up here, buddy. No hats. Seriously? Yeah. I didn't know. Do I my hair always Madam right. Mayor, well, it I looks moved. like there's no public comment, so we're back to the council. Would anyone like to make a motion? Madam Mayor, I move to approve ordinance number 22, series of 2023, second reading and ordinance to designate the zoning of the proposed addition to lot one Timber Ridge subdivision from undesignated to housing. Second. Second. Oh. Okay, we've got a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. I'm also in favor. Any opposed? Yeah. Motion passes 7-0. Thank you, Greg. Um, okay, moving on, we are on to ordinance number 24, series of 2023, the second reading of our annual appropriation ordinance, adopting a budget and financial plan and making appropriations to pay the costs, expenses, and liabilities of the town of Vail, Colorado for its fiscal year, January 1, 2024 through December 31, 2024. And we have Alex Jakubiak, our budget analyst and short-term rental manager here. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, ordinance number 24 proposes to appropriate $134,813,711 in net expenditures across all funds. Uh, since the first reading, there have been a few updates to this. I'm going to go through those more in depth and then briefly run through the rest of the budget that's been updated to reflect those changes, um, as this is the fourth review and meeting of these of the budget. <laughs> Uh, this slide gives a very brief summary of the 2024 budget. Revenues are forecasted at $100.3 million for the year, up 3.2% from 2023. Planned expenditures total $134.8 million, including $63.1 million in capital spending, $69.3 million in municipal services, and $2.4 million in debt service expenditures. Uh, this slide shows the major changes since first reading. Uh, the, the largest of these is an adjustment to the health insurance fund. Uh, it reflects a decrease in expenditures of $717,000. Uh, this is primarily due to the town's changing of third-party administrator for our health plan. Um, we are having a single-year cost reduction for stop-loss coverage. Uh, this will not repeat in 2025. This is also offset by a decrease in employer contributions of $400,000, um, and this is spread out across funds as well. The savings is shared between uh, those funds. <coughs> also reflected in the second reading is a change to the residents at Mainvale Fund, uh, where utility costs that are billed back to residents have been separated uh, from the expenditure and the revenue piece that is billed to those re residents in accordance with uh, governmental budget accounting standards. This has a net zero impact on our budget. 
And finally, the real estate transfer tax fund includes a 20-year payback of the $5.6 million transfer from the general fund to support the acquisition of Booth Heights parcel. <clears throat> um, this was at the direction of council during the first reading and with the note that we will also come back during the first supplemental of 2024 to present options to accelerate this payback based on revenue results and budget priorities at that time. Are there any questions on the changes since first reading? No. no. All right, I will go quickly through these slides as they are repeated from the last reading. They've just been updated to reflect those changes. Uh, this again shows a breakdown of the $100.3 million in anticipated revenue for the year and where those sources come from. Um, this gives an update on the major revenue sources and how they compare to our 2023 budget. Um, this is another view of the $134.8 million in uh, planned expenditures and how those break down between different projects and uh, categories. The slides shows a high level overview of the individual general operating and capital funds for the town. Again, reflecting those changes discussed before. Um, this is a high level overview of the enterprise fund for the town with the minimal changes to dispatch services and residents at Mainvale reflected. Hey, Alex. Yes. And that residence is at Mainvale. So in that, so that 58 grand that's left in the balance, we've set aside money for like capital reserve, you know, we've started funding our reserve account, right? For like maintenance and stuff like that. Like that's included kind of in the whole budget. And then this is profit at the end that will just kind of roll into the next year, kind of yes. in that bank account. Yes, there's, um, there are some capital expenditures set aside within this budget. Um, this is very preliminary. The expenditures, I believe, will be dialed in as we get into it a little bit more. Um, these were based on pro forma figures for the first year of operation. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and then finally, this uh, shows the high-level summary of the internal services funds. Um, at the end, uh, our anticipated reserves across all funds have increased to $66 million. Uh, you may recall from first reading they were at 65.2 million. This slide shows the breakdown for personnel expenditures reflecting those savings in um, benefits costs uh, that have flowed through primarily from the health insurance fund but also as we went through this process dialing in what those costs are specifically for the year um, and where they would land. Uh, again, this includes three and a half new FTE requests. There have been no changes here. And that one FTE obviously is still, the LMD's covering that one. Yes, the uh, digital content coordinator position will be offset with the funds from the VLMD. Uh, this slide shows the planned expenditures for the um, contributions and events for the year. Um, as noted in the first reading, we have not included uh, the $1 million request for the Vale Valley Foundation. Um, the council directed us to revisit this during the spring of 2024 when we have a better sense of how revenue results have come in. 
um, in capital expenditures. This slide shows the uh, large expenditures planned for the year and significant costs. Oops. I did there. So. And then lastly, here is a five-year history and projection for the town's reserves. Uh, as noted before, the projected reserves at the end of 2024 is $66 million. And I'm happy to answer any questions or if there are any desired changes before we uh, move forward. And your budget's short two grand. <laughs> oh yeah. I noticed that too. Yes. Yeah. Two grand. So there are there four hands to yes. get Avon to pony up two grand as well. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Yes. Thank you, Travis. Thank you. So I wasn't here at the last uh, meeting with the first um, first reading. Uh, could you, could someone just kind of recap the conversation about the um, request from the Vale Valley Foundation for the amphitheater? Um, they requested one point or one million dollars flat to reimburse for their solar installation. Um, this project costs one point five million. Uh, this is they indicated that this would be the first of five requests to support the capital renovations at the Gerald R. Ford Amphitheater. Um, the total project is twenty million, so they are planning to request twenty five percent of that cost from the town. Um, the discussion. I believe was pretty brief from the council and with a desire to come back, um, as I said previously, early in the uh, first quarter of 2024 to revisit that. Questions. See how revenues go for the winter, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and then the 5.6 back from RET, you know, I'm totally on board with that, but just a reminder that, you know, once the um, appeal process with Bill Resorts is over with, we could go forward to the county and hopefully get that $5 million contribution from them and the additional one million that has been raised by our community members so that would be the ideal scenario yes that would be great yeah <laughs> that would make you sleep better <laughs> so oh, yeah next yeah. council come on <laughs> <laughs> okay well thank you any thank other you. questions for alex no okay any um public comment Oh, come on, Dave. <laughs> Nothing in the budget you want to comment on. Oh, After safety, up. budget's your next favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get his the most important thing. In two weeks. <laughs> the most important thing that we do, other than hiring our town manager, well, in addition to, actually. So, yes, it's very important. But as Alex pointed out, this is like our sixth time reviewing this budget at least. So, we're, you know, we've gone through it with a fine-tooth comb and discussed much of it leading up to this uh, final ordinance. Would anyone like to make a motion? Yeah. Madam Mayor, I move. We approve um, ordinance number 24, series of 2023, second reading for the annual appropriation. Um, what else do I have to say? Amended to include the $2,000 oh, yeah. contribution. Oh, and to include the two thousand um, dollars for the Travis clause, the Santa clause, Santa Claus, the Travis clause, Santa Claus, Christmas, for the store, the Toy Store and Eagle. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, second. second. 
Okay, we've got a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. 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 I'm also in favor. Any opposed? Motion passes 7-0. Kevin going out with the budget approval. Wow. Yeah, um, got There's 25 going up. Took you you got one more chance. To break you. Oh, believe me. I'm, I, I just want to thank Alex one. and Jake and Carly for all the hard work for this budget. Yes. Thank you. Thank you all very much. Thank you, finance team. You're amazing. Okay, and here we are. We're really going to go out with a bang here. After eight years on town council, we have got ordinance number 25, series of 2023, the second reading of an ordinance banning expanded polystyrene to go containers and cups per the state's HB 211162, the Plastic Pollution Reduction Act. And we have Beth Markham, our environmental sustainability manager here. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Thank you, town council, for your time this evening. Um, so for the proposed ordinance number 25, series of 2023, um, it would amend Title V, Chapter 13 of the Vail Town Code uh, to include the prohibition of expanded polystyrene uh, containers, um, poly expanded polystyrene, also known as styrofoam, uh, to-go containers and cups for ready-to-eat food in food retailers, including restaurants, grocery stores, convenience stores, and cafeterias in schools, prisons, and businesses. As it pertains to state legislation, House Bill 21-1162, the Plastic Pollution Reduction Act. Uh, there were no changes or updates since the first reading, and um, I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. This just reminds me back in the early, you know, maybe the first year of being on council, there were these wonderful yes. little children from Leadville who were the styrofoam stoppers. I know one of them. It only took us eight years to catch up with Leadville. Well, yeah. eight years mm -hmm. and three here we are. <laughs> and we're supposed to be innovative and progressive yeah. and all these things. What's Yay. going on here? Okay, well, this is the, so ta great. the state had to make us do it. Well, here we are. Okay. <laughs> Whatever the mechanism is. Um, does anyone else have questions, comments, concerns? And we have done a robust um, outreach to the businesses that will be impacted. Um, and this is as it relates to phase two of the Plastic Pollution Reduction Act, um, which I would like to remind everyone also will require all retailers in Vail um, to stop distributing uh, to go carry out plastic bags as well, although that is not a part of this ordinance. The state's rolling it out more slowly. Yep. Okay, um, are there any questions for Beth? Do we have any public comment? Madam Mayor, I move we approve ordinance number 25, series of 2023 on second reading and ordinance banning expanded polystyrene to-go containers and cups Per the state's HB 21-1162, the Plastic Pollution Reduction Act. Second. second. All right, we've got a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. I'm also in favor. Any opposed? Aye. <laughs> His last chance. Apple <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, motion uh, passes 6-1. Great, thank you so much. Move to adjourn. Second. Oh, that's okay, second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Also in favor, any opposed? Motion passes 7-0. Hey, well done. Thank you, Council. Finish early. <laughs>